Well, hi everybody. We're uh, back from Atlantic City. We're here in Hamilton, New Jersey at the NESPA headquarters and we are going to be starting a new video series. We're going to be continuing this this momentum that we have and coming to you from our studio here that we've, we've put together and bringing guests, bringing content, continuing to talk to you throughout the season. So my name is Dominic Mundy. I'm the executive director of the Northeast Bomb Pool Association. And with me today is Chaz Bogardish from Bud's Pools. Yes. You want to say hi and introduce yourself, what you do for Nespa and what you do for Bud's? Um, yep, Chaz Bogardish from Bud's Pools and Spas down here in South Jersey. Uh, and I am the general manager of service. Uh, been there for almost 20 years now. And I'm currently the vice president of NESPA. Um, been on their board for a long time as well. Long time. And the Penn Jersey board. I am on the Penn Jersey board. Multiple committees. Yep, every once in a while. Um, he's, he's, he's a, a paradigm of volunteerism for all of you out there who are thinking, maybe I should volunteer with NESPA. There's, there's, there is middle ground between doing nothing and, and, and being Chaz. But, uh, I can volunteer uh, a bit. But there's, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, uh, Chaz was part of our show in Atlantic City down there um, with me back in January. I'm sure a lot of you that would watch this probably watched that. Um, we uh, did some panel discussions down there. We did some educational presentations. Chaz was at the wall with Julie Kasdan, who's also on our board. I want to say you're already better moderators than Kyle Chaykin, by the way. That's only because I'm consciously not calling you Mr. Personality. Okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the panels we did, right, to start off our, our conversation this morning, and, and the whole idea here, again, since this is the first one of these we're doing, is to bring in people from the industry and talk about the industry and have more of a conversational approach to learning, really, and, 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 and shared, shared experience. So one of the panels that we did was around spring startups and, and, and kind of getting ready for the season. And that conversation was very flowing and ranging from everything to from the from chemistry to scheduling and things like that. As you mentioned, uh, I told everyone you are the um, manager of, of the service department, right? I do. Um, at Bud's and have a lot of experience there. And I, I believe in your you, you worked on the commercial end as well before your, your time with Bud's. Yeah. So you've got both sides of that. So this is a very unique and interesting year in a lot in a lot of ways. Now, I say that as the association guy. He's laughing because every year is unique and interesting for some way or another, right? In the in, in in the pool industry, when you come into the spring, um, but obviously this year has some challenges. You've You've seen in different ways before, but not because of everything that's going on still with lingering um, restrictions, pent-up demand around COVID and things like that. So uh, everything I hear is that the industry is going to be busier than it's ever been. Um, what does that mean? So you're gearing up a service department. You're uh, doing some hiring probably. How are you guys sort of big picture? And then we can talk on any point kind of getting ready for this particular spring sure. versus other versus other years so, right so I would, I would answer that question to last year um, when I look back and, and somebody described it that um, you know we tried to run the business last year but the whole building was on fire right and everything that we did was try to put the fire out for the building right, right? and the reality was we had little pallet fires all around that we didn't understand didn't take precedent because we were too busy trying to put the major fire out right? right so i think that 
I know for me, um, you know, working the way that we had to last year and trying to get everything done and with all the restrictions and all the different problems and fires we had, right? right. Um, everybody kind of made through that. And I think what I'm trying to do is, is look now at trying to figure out how I'm going to be putting the fires out and just hopefully running the way we would normally run in a, right. in a regular business, you know, different things from, you know, knocking on doors, talking to customers, customers don't want us knocking on the door, you know, so that switch to, you know, calling them on the phone, uh, people don't answer the phone. Yeah. You know, it's, right. you know, email and customers leaving paperwork, not leaving paperwork. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're in the customer service business. I think you do that successfully by establishing a relationship with the customer, right? I think you need to, to do that. I, I know I personally, you know, whether I'm going up, checking on the guy, whether I'm doing an estimate or whatever it is, I knock on the door. I want to talk to people. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of, it's what I do. I think that's got to be at the forefront of, you know, what we are. Um, so hopefully some of that will change and, and go back to where it was. But right. um, some people don't want us to leave papers, right? And that's fine, right? And that's what you have to do. Some people, you know, uh, you know, I'll go and ask me to be somebody's house. They're like, oh, you don't need to wear that. And you're saying like, okay, you know, you know, but you're going in with a mask and, you, yeah. you know, you're doing what you got to do. And um, certainly you got to be certainly mindful of that. But then at the same time, you know, you have to work through, um you know, what the customer wants. So from that standpoint, yeah. it's a little different. Uh, as far as preparing for this season, uh, I would tell you, you know, one of the concerns certainly are is chlorine, right? There's going to be a, you know, sure. potentially you were hearing about uh, chlorine shortage because of the fire last year, the real fire. <laughs> right. So, um, so there's going to be probably chlorine shortages. There's going to be price increases. Um, there's already been a lot of talk that, uh, you know, that in general, we're going to run out of, you know, products, uh, whatever it's, you know, pumps, filter, seeders, you're probably going to run out again yeah. this year because of the demand yeah. um, and how you're going to manage your way through that. Um, that's something that did happen last year, definitely caught, you know, a good bit of a soft guard. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, and I know I just bought a piece of furniture yesterday, you know, and right. it's only two to 12 weeks and I'm like, okay, you know, and I, and I just, right. instead right. of being like, well, that's, that's a pretty wide range. Right. And, but I understood what he was telling me. He was up front and he was just like, Hey, it's going to be anywhere two to 12 weeks. Now, not all customers are going to be happy with a two to 12 week delivery time frame. Right. It's interesting in a seasonal business that we're only doing 20 weeks worth of, you know, swimming sometimes. Right. So, um, you know, but I mean, you have to really work through that and manage through that for sure. I was just talking to another one of our board members this morning and we had this conversation around, uh, especially in a, in a, in a market like this, where there's a lot of demand for what you do from the, mm -hmm. from the consumer, there's, there's something to be said about sometimes the customer you don't get mm. sometimes is the best customer. <laughs> sometimes better. Yeah. Um, we were swapping some stories from my days as a landscape contractor and him in the pool industry. Um, about that communicate part of that open and honest communication, right? Is you lay all that stuff out. And if they want to push over you or they just say, I don't care, get here, whatever else you have to make some hard, sometimes you have to make that decision. If I, if I bend everything I'm doing to get this job, that customer is not going to get less demanding as the project moves along. It's going to get more so. And what are those ripple effects to the rest of my customer base and my, my, my workforce at that point, sure. because you're stressing them out and, and everything. So I would tell you that, um, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, if, if somebody gets through to me or it's a customer that wants to talk to me or whatever that circumstance is. And, and, uh, if the first thing on there, you know, you can just kind of, you can type a customer right away if they're asking, you know, well, when can you get it done and how much is it? Right. Well, 
Um, those are two things that kind of put up a white flag, right? Like right. if you want to get it done right, do you follow me? Then you don't mind what the price is, right? And when is going to be as soon as I can do it, do you follow me? And in the right way. In the right way. I can't take what you want me to do as a new customer and bump it in front of all the other customers, right? So, I mean, we have a schedule and, you know, certainly if somebody's pumps down and we got to go install another pump, well, I have to prioritize whose pumps I'm installing first, right? Because right, we only right. have so much time. But, but certainly people whose pools we've opened, do you understand? People that we're doing weekly maintenance on, you know, that has to be a priority for us. But at the same time, people whose pools we've closed, right. they got to take priority too, even if they open the pool themselves. So, um, you know, we're, you know, it's a it's a juggling act for sure. And right. you want to be able to help everybody as much as you can. And sure. I know that's something that, I, I know <laughs> there's been people with buds that have told me you can't say yes to everybody. And that's yeah. being a customer service. You want to say yes, right? You want to be able to facilitate them all. But whoever you were talking to, certainly, you know, <laughs> people that are more demanding up front, it doesn't get better. And sometimes you just need to say no. And it's right. better for everybody involved, right? It's better for them if you're, if you don't think you can meet that deadline, it's, it's hard working to a deadline. Right. Um, you know, but the expectation, I think, being upfront and honest, you know, same thing with spas, right? Spas are, are crazy, uh, you know, because of manufacturing. You can't manufacture hot tubs nearly as fast when there's six right. feet of distance, right? So, right, sure. um, so people sense. come to us for, for hot tubs and spas, and, you know, normally we would have, you know, 15 hot tubs, 12, 15 hot tubs on display at Bud's. You know, I mean, we have one right, right. now, right? So uh, they're hard to get up. But, you know, when somebody starts talking about the conversation, like, hey, listen, I just want you to know the next hot tub that I can get in if you want to order one's going to be in, you know, July or August or, you know, whatever I am. Um, cause I just want them to understand that right from the beginning. Yeah, sure. And if, if they're looking for something sooner, then I can't help them. If they're right. looking for what we have to understand and that's what they want, well then I'd be happy to do that for them. But, right. um, but that's about that expectation about, setting. You set the expectation and then you always, you know, you exceed it and you never, you really have any trouble yeah. that way. I, it, when we have these conversations, um, not just on camera, but when you and I are talking, my, you know, mine always goes into different places because I always find it interesting. Um, how you, what you just said about, um, you know, you want to say yes. Right. And I, something I've learned getting to know over the years is that you and I have a similar approach in thinking to some of this stuff where you, part of the reason you want to say yes is because you, you, you it's not just about pleasing. It's, I, I look at things and go, all right, well, how do I get this done? It's a problem to be solved. It's a, it's a challenge. Everything can be done if you just think through it the right way, you come up with the right thing. Um, but that sort of leans to the importance of having a good team. And that can mean different things for, for different companies, right? If you have a, a company with some sort of an overhead structure where there's a management team and you have different personalities and different approaches and you bounce things off each other, if you're a you know, an owner with only a couple employees, you might have your own sort of kitchen cabinet of other people in the industry that you can bounce ideas off of and whatnot. But everybody, everybody's not everything, right? So like, I know how I think about things, you know how you think about things. And it's very valuable if you're stressed and you're trying to go, you're trying to make people happy, or maybe you're trying to work on bring a new line of business into your, um, uh, into your shop who else can you talk to to like sure. work through that? Right. Or give you a different perspective or tell you something that you wouldn't have thought of because that's just not the lane, the lane you're in. Yeah, no, I would, yeah, there's, it's funny because, you know, constantly one of the, I think one of the, it's not one of, it's probably the single biggest thing that I personally have gained out of all of my years in service volunteerism for, 
for Nespa is the the people that I've met, the people that I talk to, right? So, getting to know other people and their companies, right? right. And it's just a phone call to to saying, you know, whoever I may be, whatever the circumstance might be, sure. and I may call, you know, this one for this, or I may call this one for that, and just say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you do with that? And, and just being able to, you know, yeah. to to just strategize and just say, you know, I'm. You know what am I missing? You know what am I right, thinking right. here? You know that's uh, it's nice to be able to talk to people you can trust and and get different ideas. And it's like, well, this worked for us or this didn't. You know, I know that um, you know working through the guys. I was talking with uh, you know a company that that had something in place where how they structured uh, reviews, right? And, you know, they did a point system and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And, right. you know, you know, and how they did their point system. And I'm like, all right, well, that's kind of cool. And I'm like, yeah, I said, but then I took to some of that and then kind of went in a different direction right. and so added to it. And, works, you know, I'm like, yeah. well, this is important. This isn't. And so it's just a neat way. And then how they put that into a bonus structure at the end of the year, which is, I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. So it's something tangible that the guys can see has right. nothing to do with what they make per hour. Right. But it's more of a, a performance like, hey, you know, you did this. Do you understand? And you're on this grading scale of whether it's one to five or one to ten. And, right. you know, you had the points up. And if they were 69% of what they did well, or what their expectations were, um, then they're getting 69% of what the bonus could be. Right? right. So it's it's a tangible thing. I've talked to a few of my guys about it, and they're super excited. They're just like, that's cool. They like, can track all, that throughout the year They can track themselves. that, right, because we do it in the beginning of the year. Right. Um, and then we can do it uh, mid-season. Uh, you know, you know. Obviously, I told them between July fifteenth and August fifteenth, we'll we'll meet again. So we're through the opening season, right. and then basically almost like an exit interview, well, not an exit, but you know, for them to because they're seasonal, right. and just say, hey, listen, this is where we were at the end of the year. Do you understand? This is, you know, these what the numbers were. You know, you know, and then you just kind of yeah. go through, and it's something they have and they see and they can work on, and and right. I, you know, I mean, it's not just me going down and putting numbers. It's you know, they're going to do the test. I'm doing the test, and <laughs> right. you know, you know, you put yourself down as a five, and I'm like, well, no, you're a three. Right? <laughs> so here's my arguments for a three. This is your arguments for a five. So do we meet the middle and do four? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, and looking at different perspective, it kind of gives them a. Uh, if they know, have a good argument. If they have a good argument, right. <laughs> so, but no, I, I mean, I, I, I just see things differently. Sometimes you see the question a little differently looking at it. Yeah. I'm like, actually, you know what? That's actually a pretty good idea. I didn't really think of that. And, you know, with all the guys, you don't think of specific circumstances or situations. Um, but I just, you know, that's something that I did implement over the winter yeah. that I think will, uh, will benefit us a great deal. So tying that into sort of starting things up in the spring, so the beginning of that process. So you're you're actually doing some training with your with your guys today. For sure, I'm sure there's people that you're still bringing that will be bringing on in the next couple of weeks um, that come back seasonally for you. Um, how everybody manages that their, their workforce differently, and again, it depends on how many crews you have, how many people you need, what type of work you're doing. I, I get all that, but how are you? How are you doing training? Like, so it's a, it's an intensified season. Everybody's got to hit the ground running again, but they do every year. So, like, I, I don't want to over, but I don't want to overplay that. You're bringing in someone new versus someone who's returning. You're doing a lot of training up front. Are you sitting? You know, is there a sit down with this plan ahead of time? Do you do it as a group? Do it individually? Right. So I would tell you, there's a lot of questions there, but. Um, <laughs> Let me take. We got lot, we, you know lots of lots of time to fill. Yeah, so new <laughs> hires are. Uh, we definitely treat new hires differently. Um, we bring guys in. I've gotten to a point where I do feel I'd rather bring in. Uh, uh, sounds terrible, but uh, I've gotten to a point where I'd rather bring in somebody who doesn't have any full experience at all than bring in. Uh, you know, uh, 
a guy from another company. It doesn't. It's not always that way. There are some people that you know are looking for a better opportunity or whatever. Um, sure. And I and I wouldn't turn them down. But at the same time, you know, you develop how you want to do things. And right. when when you hire somebody that's been doing it, um, and they know, they know, they know, they know, and just it's like, well, I understand you know, but the, you don't know how we do it, right? And I want you to do it this way. And, right. Um, it just takes use to you know you, you have to do things together because you know when the guys are going out to open pools and I had somebody different closing a pool. Do you follow me? The assumptions of who closed the pool and how they did it is different than when you open sure. uh, and, and how you're looking at things. So um, from a training perspective, um, one of the things that we've changed uh, specifically is we used to do um, we used to bring a lot of the guys in and do fewer trainings um, with all the guys. Um, but they would be longer days, right? And we've kind of switched that structure to doing way more trainings and focusing just in on a couple of things for shorter spurts, right? right? So way less people, um, you know, maybe we'll bring in two or three guys, right? But we're bringing in two or three guys every day, right? So there's right. there's almost a half a day uh, put in to understand a day to just train guys, right, every day. And that should be happening from here clear through the season. Um, but that's the intention, right, is instead of, the problem when you have all the guys together, right? And it becomes them like, well, who's better? And I can do this and I can't. Right. Oh, and then everybody's trying to show everybody how smart they are, right? And the reality is I don't care how smart you are. I just need to get everybody that smart, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to get everybody to do it the same way. Um, and the problem is somebody that may not know, may not ask a question because, you know, they're getting... You know, they're just for fear of man, right? I mean, they're just fear of like, well, I don't know that, and I should know that, and they're not going to ask a question. But if you bring in two or three guys that are pretty much at the same level, right? Right. Um, you know, just say you have a beginner, an intermediate, an advanced guy, right? So it's great to bring in two intermediate guys, do you understand, and one advanced guy, right? So the one advanced guy can, do you understand, help in the training, but at the same time, you know, they're kind of close and I'll bring in two beginner guys and one intermediate guy. Right. So the intermediate guy kind of then in that sense feels like he's the smartest guy in the room. Do you understand? But it's, it's more about him being able to help the other guys. Right. Do you follow me? So now it's you're, you're training four, do you understand? You're training three or four guys at a time um, and taking things and, you know, and the intermediate guy may not realize that there's a review for him because I think he needs to get polished. (laughs) Reinforcement's good. Yeah. So I do think that that's a, um, and I did that as a whole, uh, you know, and we're, you know, we're starting to progress through that and be training uh, a few guys almost every day now through yeah. through the start of the season. As far as new guys, well, then we're going to just, when I hire a new guy, I'm going to bring him in and, you know, we'll start, you know, just putting him in different things and, right. you know, wherever we feel he may land training wise. But it is a, uh, you know, there's nothing, it's hard because, you know, stuff that you learn over the winter time, you know, you're talking about fixing the heater or doing stuff and it's, you know, until you can get in it and, and do it and touch it, it's hard to take something that you're right. learning now and not be able to Put touch something practice. for six weeks, you, right, you know, right, right. And, oh, that's right. And so it's, it's, it's more of a constant, it's a constant thing, I think. So the, the. We always, you know, training is important. Education is important. Obviously, one of the big components of what we do at Nespa and our chapters is offer training and, and um, between the show and, and in house here and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's there's you need both, I think, right? So you have, let's say, we're running a startup class, or one of our chapters is running a, a startup class. They're going to cover a certain amount of material in a certain amount of time from a accurate but generic way right like this is the this is don't do this this is bad do this this is good but then within that is there's three ways you as as buds can do certain things right that's not about 
the right way to turn the screw, that's yes or no. But it's about how you store your materials, how you make sure that you how you check your truck to make sure you have the right equipment ahead. It's like all those other things that go into the process to make sure when the guy's on site he's prepared or knows who to call if he sees something he hasn't seen before. Um, those types of training is kind of like that's the layers of training, right? So you, you can go take the heater class and learn the mechanics of the of the unit and how it comes apart and how it goes back together and do diagnostics. But then you're going to have your own company way of how that all works within the bigger framework of what it is that you're that sure. you're doing. So, and I guess, you know, all this comes down to an efficiency, right? And yeah. we make more money the more efficient we are. Sure. So if we don't do anything else but we're more efficient, then the guys are spending less time in the field. Right. Um, and then at the same time, do you follow me? In the end, you're going to make more money. So there's a right. fine line of ringing efficiencies out. You know, little things that we do um, on the paperwork when the guys take a cover off, right? Um, they're tasked to write on there how they folded the cover and which way they rolled it, right? So it's not enough for them to say that they rolled it to the shallow end, but they rolled it from the shallow end towards the house, right? right. So then when the guys come to open the pool or close the pool, put the cover on, like our right, shallow end towards the house, they know to take the cover out right. towards the house, unroll it away from the house, and then they'll be able to walk it out over the pool. Right. As opposed to you take it out, you unroll it the wrong way, you're like, shit, now you got to try and Do drag it around, turn switch it around. Right. Thing, so I mean, yeah. just different things that can be a struggle. Now, what the guys do with that information, if they're not paying attention, that's on them, but it's on the paperwork, right? And that's right. something that we want to make sure that we do, right? Uh, you know, the, just little things like that. One of the things uh, I just I was just telling the guys, they'll be super happy that, uh, you know, all everything that we did uh, filter-wise, bringing grids back, cartridges, cleaning the mess, they're all back in. I don't have one to bring back this year because inevitably... You know, you know, you clean people's stuff over the winter. You're like, oh, I'll just bring it back in the spring. But the problem is when you go to bring it back in the spring and you don't, right? right? It's just a complete train wreck because now the guy's there to open a pool. He's an hour away, and I got the people's grids inside my shop, right? <laughs> because either one, it didn't get the paperwork for them to bring it, or right. he just they left and didn't grab them, right? So it goes both ways. So you know, from an efficiency standpoint, you know, everything we're trying to do is to be more efficient. Um, you know, and if the guys are more efficient, then they maybe they can get another job right. at the end of the day. So, but that's, you know, and, and, you know, from an education standpoint, what I've been trying to teach the guys or I've been trying to really kind of beat in their heads is like, guys, you know, knowledge is, is a good thing, right? The more knowledge you have to understand, the more valuable you are, which right. in turn is going to, the more money you're going to make. And the reality is the smarter our guys are, right? The more money they should be able to make us too, right? right. So at the same time, it's a, you know, you're not training them for somebody else as long as you're paying them. Do you understand? Right. So it's like, hey, this is I need you to do this and this, and I'm going to pay you this, right? And just so I'm I'm very much upfront, and I I do like to think that I try and pay uh, pay forward, meaning I'm paying, but this is the expectation as right. opposed to dangling the carrot. Now you've gotten here, and then you get this next year. Right. Uh, I, I don't I don't necessarily work that way, but at the same time, I like to think that I'm paying forward and. You know, then, but I've certainly been accused of being hard. <laughs> but, you know, I just well, those things have to go I, I hard, words relative, but those things have to go hand in glove a little bit because. I agree. Um, Pat, Pat Kava, our director of education, education, I just said our director of vegetation. <laughs> it's a totally different thing. Um, our director of education uh, often says, you know, you don't want to pay to train your guys because they might leave. Imagine if you don't train them and they stay. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And the reality is you might lose. I mean, the reality is it's a job market, especially a busy one. So 
some people are going to move around. Some people are going to search opportunities. You're going to benefit from that in some, not just, I'm speaking more in a generic, sure. you, you benefit from that on one side, you might hurt from that on the other side, but the, the culture of training and education compensation, according to that, you should net a win. You should net out at the end in, in a good spot, even if you do have some nominal turnover. So I think the key word you just talked about was the culture and it's what the culture you're creating, right? right? So at Bud's, I mean, I can't tell you how many people, I mean, there's a lady that works in the front of the store has been there over 40 years, right? Yeah. And she's just, she just knows everything in the store, everything. I mean, you don't, you don't work someplace for 40 years and not enjoy where you're working. There's yeah. other guys that have been there 30 years. There's a lot of people, you know, when you get to a company that you know is, is everything perfect? Certainly not. But if the culture is such that, you know, you want to be there and, and I just can't help but think that the more opportunity you give them, the more you need to pay them. Right. And the reality is the more knowledgeable they are, the better they're going to be to understand the more money they're going to make you yeah. in the end. And so that's just something that, um, and I don't always see it that way with all the guys. All the guys may think they're worth a little bit more. And I think in general, I think it's human nature to think that the grass is greener someplace else. Sure. So if uh, I've always challenged the guys, I'm like, you know what? I said, you know, if you're going to leave, you're going to leave. Do you understand? I'd leave on good terms because you're going to be surprised what you're looking. Yeah. You know, what, what you may get. And at the same time, you know, it's... Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want a guy to be here if he's not happy either. Right. I'm saying if he's he's working for him, I want him to be happy. I want him to feel like he's getting paid what he should be getting paid. I always kind of want guys to. I kind of want them to be making a little bit more than what they think they're worth. Do you understand? Then I don't have to worry about them leaving. One, <laughs> um, and then two, I, I want them to always want to do better. Right. Right. Um, and I just think that that's a better. I think that creates a better culture. Better culture. I do. Yeah. So we talked a lot about labor and employment as it comes to. Spring startup, hiring, um, training, you know, bringing on new guys versus returning uh, employees and things like that. Obviously, supply chain issues keep coming up. Is going to be a, a big thing this year? And you know, we're a year into this. I think that at this point, it's not. It shouldn't be a shocking thing. I feel like manufacturers have communicated very well to distribute distribution. If you have a relationship with a distributor, whether it's a, a national company or or, or, or a local one. They're communicating better to their customers' expectations. We talked about expectations with customers. In this case, you're the customer. Um, from what I've heard, expectations are being um, communicated at some level. Um, but that doesn't take away the challenge of it, right? I mean, we just had, um, we were talking before this, um, Texas just got a little dose of the Northeast. Um, yeah, they did. And uh, that's going to lead to a big draw on you know, another new challenge for the, for the supply chain. You talked about the chlorine issues, um, even though we're almost a year away from that, obviously there's still, still downstream effect. Um, what's some ways that you, or, or when I say you, I mean, again, you're well networked in the industry, people that you talk to in other companies with, you know, what, what's, what are your supply, what are your distributors telling you? I mean, what, how are you kind of managing some of this, either with your customers or just with your, uh, whether it's service or construction, whatever's. So I would tell you, I think that um, at the wall to wall presentation that Mark did from Bellacqua, um, yeah. he really, he nailed it. Um, well, he should, right? He owned a, <laughs> a very successful distributing company. Um, but, you know, and he just put it out there you got to communicate, right? Yeah. So, and, and communicating uh, to the distributor what the needs are. Right. And right. then understanding, 
And it's all about expectation. Once again, right? Whether it's yeah. my customer that's expecting something from me or whether I'm expecting it from being the customer from distribution, yeah. you know, understanding what that need is. So I think the communication line, and I think that's where the network thing works pretty well because, you know, you're talking to people at different levels to follow me and, and knowing, right? So I can talk to my distributor and, and they can tell me, hey, this is where we are, right? But at the same time, if I'm now talking to the manufacturer because I have a, you know, I have a relationship with the manufacturer and he's like, yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen, right? <laughs> so, but, and, and the distributor may not know at that level, right? So, you right. know, there's different things that, you know, that are all encompassing, but it's all about communicating. It's all about calling. It's all about yeah. figuring out where you're going to go and, you know, okay, well, if it's this, then, you know, we're going to go in that direction. You know, if we don't have this, where are we going to go? And, um, you know, and whether it's, you know, different people are doing, um, I don't know, whether you're doing early buys or not doing early buys or whatever, however that works with, you know, your distri- distributor. I don't, I just think you just got to communicate through and know where things are, right? I do think that, you know, again, heaters are going to be a tough thing to come by. Uh, you know, they're going to be a tough thing to come by because people are home more, right? And people are, you know, I mean, I just, I have three or four people on my desk that want heaters, right? So, which is great. It's March and, you know, it's about that time. But, you know, people that are looking for that stuff, they're calling early enough and, uh, people are extending their season. They're home, right? So they're wanting to open right. earlier. They want to stay, you know, running later. Um, you know, and those are things that you're just going to have to to overcome. And and it, you know, if you're stuck on installing this heater and this is what you do and that's how you do it, well, you know, I mean, there may come a point where you say, well, maybe I have to install this heater because this one's available, right? right. Um, sure. So I just think that that's. But you know, you, you just got to be able to move with with how things come. I think. Yeah, it feels like a more manageable year with with all of that because you can sort of well we certainly know we certainly know it's coming you know so i mean i I think that if you think that it's going to be better than last year i think you're probably a bit naive and you should probably get back to the drawing board because i think it's (laughs) in a lot of ways i think it's going to be you know potentially just as bad as last year in a lot of supply demand chains yeah Hmm. um so what else anything else that what, what did we not talk on i know i'm i know that i'm great moderator <laughs> i went through a lot of the questions and stuff in my head but how about how about how about for you you're sitting here listening to me and either you're going wow this guy really knows how to ask some good questions and make a conversation work or you're going why isn't he asking me about this yeah no i'm uh, i'm good i'm, I'm surprised <laughs> uh i guess i'm not surprised you had so such a little criteria to live up to with kyle do you follow me and i don't think you've quite gotten the marcanos ah, right but at the same time i mean you're you're right there i mean i think it was good i don't you know i mean in, unless you want to get into specifics about procedures uh you know openings closings that sort of stuff um i think you know i just think that you got to be ready and i mean i just think you prepare the guys to to go yeah so it's all about education, training, preparedness, and having a plan. Having a team, having a plan, talking it through, not waiting to see what happens. You either you either make proactive your future or you're a victim of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's something I try to try to be proactive and not reactive. I think you are more successful that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, you know, when you have a plan, you, you have to know at some point you're going to have to deviate from the plan and not being afraid to to take a turn. You know, and so uh, you just kind of take it as it comes, but. I don't think you could ever go wrong with preparing the guys, over-preparing them, yeah. teaching them more, uh, expecting more, paying more. I just think that that's part of being prepared. Well, having a having a good culture, which is something that you don't just do, you, you have to kind of work on, and then having a good plan, are those are kind of guide rails in a lot of ways, so that as things come up, 
you know, you, you know what's out of your culture, you know what's so far out of your plan. I mean, you've mm-hmm. um, heard me say it with association stuff with, with Nespa before, right? Like, we have a, we've got plans and goals and things we want to accomplish, and we focus on those. So we say no to some things because that's not, not because it's a bad idea always, but because you can only do so many things and you focus on the things you want to, you decide to focus on. But then within that framework, sometimes ideas come up and you go, okay, well that wasn't on our sheet, but that fits within our budget. That fits within our, our mission and our vision and our goals and all that sort of stuff. And it's the same idea. So you have to be able to leave yourself room to tack with changing environment, but you still have some guide rails around what it is that you're doing. I do. And I also think that, you know, communication wise, we talked about communication with the distributors, um, you know, about getting stuff. I think you need to communicate the plan to the men too. Like, I just think that, and whether it's the men in the field or whether it's the people in the office, I do think that, you know, yeah. so too many times, you know, I guess I could find myself in too many meetings and I'm thinking about just saying a hundred different things. I'm thinking about what I just said, the next meeting we're going into or whatever. Yeah. And I just don't necessarily know that I communicate to the people involved as much as I should. Do you understand? I'm like, yeah. well, and it's like, well, they don't need to know that. I'm like, well, the reality is they may not need to know it, right? But they probably want to know it. And when you bring them in and you make them feel part of what you're trying right. to do, they certainly don't need to know all the ins and outs, right? But I think if you make them part of it, like, you know, just now, I mean, I talked to the guys, you know, collectively, I think we got 10 or 12 guys together today. And, you know, I, I talked to them for about an hour and just said, hey, listen, this is what's happening. This is what's different this year. Right. You know, and I went into HR stuff that's going to be different to them. I told them about, you know, we're going to be doing a different phone cell carrier, which means we may get different phones and, you know, just like, just, right. just different stuff that how things are going to, is going to be different, but letting them know, right. And it's like, Hey, this is how it's going to go this year. I think bringing them in and making them part of it, then giving an opportunity to ask questions and I'm like, actually, no, I don't think about that. I didn't think about that, right. you know, and, and, you know, it's been a while since I've been in the field full time, you know, and just like, Oh, I didn't think about that. That's, let me think through that, you know, right. and, and not necessarily giving them answer on the spot, but, you know, and then making sure you can go back. But I think you got to communicate to the people what the plan is too, um, sure. for them to, to be part of it, as opposed to a need to know. I'm like, yeah, sometimes. And some people, you know, I think, you know, some people are, it doesn't have know. to be a broad brush. Yeah. Right. I agree with that. I think that some people can handle information and some people can't. So right. I do, I do think that, I do think that way. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. Well, um, Everybody, Chaz Bagardis, Bud's Pools, Vice President of the Northeast Bond Pool Association. I'm Dominic Mundy, Executive Director. This was our first uh, conversation for our first startup video for uh, our new series with uh, with Nespa. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be doing more to come, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.